Hello and welcome to Cutting the Bull in the Post-Truth Apocalypse. I'm Ben, as always, I'm hanging out with Mike. Hello. And Claire. Hey. Today we're going to talk about the man who literally ate everything. Everything? Everything. Not everything like as we know it. Like he didn't destroy the world. Yeah. He didn't destroy 18th century France with an insatiable hunger. Give him enough time. <laughs> Give him enough time he might have done. But Imagine an army of them. Oh god, you wouldn't. It'd be like scorched earth. There'd be nothing left. They'd end up eating themselves. <laughs> But yes, he, he did eat a variety of things. Did he end up like the old lady that swallowed the fly? Uh, kind of. <laughs> I don't know that one. He Perhaps must know that. I. No. No, an old lady who swallowed a spider. No. No. Crawled and wriggled. He wriggled and tiggled and tiggled inside as she swallowed the spider to catch the fly. I don't no. know why. No. no. Never heard that. No. Well, she goes all the way up to a. How did she swallow a cow? And then I think she explodes, doesn't she? Oh, I don't know. Either way, this bloke didn't explode. He just kept eating. It was a spider to catch a fly. Then it was it. Bird. Bird to catch a spider. Cat, cat to catch dog. the bird. Dog to catch the Goat. cat. Goat to catch the dog. Yeah, I know, yeah, I always thought that. She opened her throat and swallowed the goat, you see. Ah. Well, why didn't she just take some antacid? <laughs> <laughs> then the cow for the goat. Well, she doesn't know. If a fly went down into the, the, the stomach, then it's going to get dissolved with the juices. Yeah. So she's uh, a bit of an about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Anyway, um, let's thank some new and returning listeners. Royal Oak in Michigan, uh, Welling, Oklahoma, United States... De Real in Australia, Frankfurt in Germany. De Real. De Real, I like, I like that. that. Yeah. Kabarovsk in the Russian Federation, Rochester, New Hampshire, uh, Warren in Michigan, Alexandria in Egypt, St. Petersburg, Florida in the US, Gateshead in the United Kingdom, Abu, Dhab- Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. You can be careful, mate. You're probably getting stoned to death listening to us. Portugal, Missouri. Albuquerque, uh, New Mexico, Ashburn, Virginia, Guadalajara, Spain, and Dublin in Ireland. Thank you. To be sure, to be sure. (laughs) Yeah, they just stopped listening. (laughs) (laughs) No, much appreciated. Yeah, Yeah. cheers. Thank you very much. Tell your friends, if you've got any. If not, it's, you know. It's just us. It's just us. Come and join us every week. (laughs) So, Terre, one of the weirdest men in history, I'd argue. Mm. Especially for his... uh, I think he's one of the X-Men. I think he's a prototype X-Man. Ah, uh, yeah. What was the one that you... The big fat thing? Juggernaut? No. The Blob? The Blob, wasn't it? Blob, yeah. Mm. yeah. He used to absorb stuff, didn't mm. he? So, medical marvel, carnival freak, secret agent, cold-blooded killer, called Terrell, anything. He's only known as Terrell, by the way. He hasn't got a last name or, or first name on him. That's why he was just known as... You can you call him anything, but you can't call him boring. This 18th century Frenchman has gone down in history for his insatiable appetite and disgusting eating habits. He could and did eat the most horrific things, and even stranger, he could eat them all, all day, every day, without ever gaining a pound. Yummy bastard. Yeah. Look at a cake in her. <laughs> Got a pound. Yeah. Doctors still don't know exactly what afflicted Terrell, but we do know that his life story is one of the most disturbing and bizarre tales of all times. I'd probably agree with that. In fact, I think it's a crime that this isn't taught more. Yeah. I've never heard of this guy. I went, yeah. No? I'd heard him off QI, I think. Alright, well, Terrell was born in the French countryside of Lyon in 1772. 
While his birth was unremarkable by the time Terere was a teenager, signs of his gastronomical might were already apparent. At just 17, he could tuck away his own, his own body weight of, in food in a single day. Jeez. Why are they feeding him? I don't want to eat a core of a cow by himself, so I'm guessing he's just killing the livestock. Body weight in a day? Let's say, I know he's a French countryside peasant, I don't know, let's say he's 12, 13, 14 stone. How many pounds is that? I have no idea. They brought back 14 the... times 14, isn't it? Well, this is why Imperial Measurements <laughs> is just a crap, Mike. I'd say he's 200 pounds. I bet he sucked the life out of his mother if he was breastfeeding, Jesus. That's 100 half pound burgers he'd eat. What? <laughs> Give me a go and some beer. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, this guy should have just stuck to doing eating competitions, going around like all the restaurants. Mm. Yeah, I'll eat that massive steak. He just devours it. So at a certain point, Therese's parents simply couldn't handle their son's enormous appetite. He was literally eating them out of house and home. He's probably eating the home as well, in all fairness. Yeah. Um, so in a heartbreaking turn of events, they banished their own son. Abandoned by his parents, young Terere fell in with a risque group of new friends, thieves and sex workers. Sounds like a fun night to me. <laughs> and he earned his keep amongst these new friends while becoming part of their travelling act. Before a con artist took to the stage, Terere would warm up the crowd with his insatiable appetite. He'd start by swallowing corks and stones and end up by polishing off an entire bag of apples. He could literally just tip his head back and just throw an apple in there tip the bag of apples down his throat nah he'd have to chew a bit surely he may have chewed a little bit but they reckon when he well spoiler alert when he died mm. they did the autopsy on him they could see his stomach from his top of his throat oh. but that could have stretched so I suppose maybe he wasn't doing that at this point no oh, I want to see it like feel his stomach and see if I can feel like an individual apple in it <laughs> yeah but his antics had a dark secret to Therese's extravagant appetite would distract the crowd as the theatre troops snuck among them and picked their pockets it. Uh-huh. Well, it's revolutionary France. Everyone, you know, gonna make do. What you know, gonna make do on you. It's a bit like Dickensian, isn't it? Times yeah, sort of Oliver Twist. Yeah. Well, we're, we're before that, aren't we? Yeah, we're before that. Yeah, but I was trying to make a comparison. Yeah, got to pick a pocket or two. Yeah. yeah. Anyone think it was weird at that old bloke hung around with all them little kids? We had the kids because they they were the sort of height of pockets, weren't it? Yeah, they but were why? Sneakier, you know. Why did he have a troop of children? He fagged them. Exactly. His name was Fagin. Mm-hmm. Clues in the name, innit? Yeah. So Terrell was pretty much forced into a life of crime. The man needs to eat so much so frequently that he had no choice to beg for food and if passerbys weren't feeling generous, he would steal to get his fill. Which makes sense, I guess. I mean, guy just can't stop eating. They reckon that uh, his stomach would expand as he ate, obviously. Yeah. But then he would just few out, he would go to the toilet Oh, I'll get to it, we'll get to it. But and then his, his, he would like just contract, he'd have all this loose skin just hanging down, like he could tie it in a knot and all sorts. Oh. <laughs> wow. So he's but, got super elastic skin as well as? Yeah. Yeah. But is it what he could, his stomach can then expand into that, can't it? Yeah. After spending some time with a troop of charlatans, Terrell decided to strike it on his own and he transformed his problematic appetite into a meal ticket. After moving to Paris, he rebranded himself as a solo street performer, polishing off bags of coins for stunned on... No, you use the coins to get the food. (laughs) You don't eat the coins. Yeah. Eat anything else, not the coins. 
Now, even though he ate an ungodly amount of food each and every day, he could still blend into a crowd without a hitch. He had soft brown hair, a slim build, and stood at average height. The only thing extraordinary about him was his uh, noticeably melancholy attitude, which I suppose is fair enough. He can never eat what he can ever eat his fill, can he? Yeah. Yeah, he feels hungry all the time, I'm guessing. Mm. Is he like the dude? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> He's like, well, that's your opinion, man. <laughs> but he only looked normal at first sight. The longer you stared at him, the stranger began to appear. His teeth were stained and his lips were eerily thin. If he held up his shirt on a day where he hadn't eaten enough, you'd see an astonishing amount of loose skin, and there was so much he could gather it up and tie it around his waist like a belt. Which is grim, to say the least. But his weird appearance had nothing on his smell. The man had such a powerfully awful body odour that people struggled to be within 20 steps. If I used to work with a guy like that, I don't think he could eat the quarter of a cow in one sitting. As he ate his fill, onlookers said the smell got even worse and that they could even see vapours rise from his swollen body. Mm. Now, how about that? <laughs> Raising my eyebrow in. Mm. A bit exaggerating that. Yeah, apparently he was incredibly sensitive to heat and if you dared to get close enough to touch him, he'd be noticeably hot. Fever, I don't know. I don't know, if he's got a uh, you know, really fast-working metabolism, mm-hmm. going to need to burn it off somehow and by... Yeah. That would result in a, yeah. an increase in body temperature, you're right, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise you know that Therese suffered from lifelong problems with his daily trips to the bathroom, especially for his number twos. <laughs> Not to go into detail, but one source described their smell as positively fetid beyond all conception. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And it is a case of him sort of rushing off to the public privy and just literally shitting his guts out, I guess. Mm. What I mean, do you do about the coins and that? Well, I hope he collected them. <laughs> Guess they would stay in his stomach. They'd have to pass through eventually. Oh, they'd pass through, would yeah, they? Yeah. Would, would they get small enough? I don't know. It depends how big the coins were. 5p might, but 50p, well, I don't think that's going anywhere, is it? I wouldn't like to say. No, I don't know either. I'm not an expert on 17th century French coinage, <laughs> sadly. Mm. Let's the say that acids the... wouldn't dissolve metal, would it? No. no. Sulfuric acid dissolve metal? I don't. I don't know. I don't think, I don't so. think stomach acid would, because no. people swallow coins all the time, little coins, and they. Like hydrochloric acid, isn't it, in your stomach? Isn't it mentally? You've just got this vat of acid in your body. Yeah. Just... I get heartburn sometimes. The right cunt. So the acid comes out from your stomach up your windpipe. Yeah. Fucking starts burning your windpipe. It's horrible. Yeah, it burns the top of it, doesn't it? Imagine this guy's heartburn. Oh, Jesus. Fetid beyond all conception, man. Oh, I've, had some, I've had some bad ones, but no one's ever described it like that. Hmm. Now, Therese ruled the roost in the Paris street performer scene, but his risky act didn't always go off without a hitch. In 1788, an unknown substance finally overpowered Therese. He'd eaten something, but unlike all his other odd meals, is one he just couldn't expel. As his onlookers realised something was very, very wrong, they leaped into action carrying their stinky, sweaty street performer to the local hospital, which I presume we wouldn't have really done a lot, to be fair, in in this time period, would they? Look at that, oh, get a leech on him. (laughs) That'll sort it. I mean, for God's sake, they usually give people mercury to cure mental illness. They might have gone charcoal, mightn't they? Have they they realised that charcoal was like an anti-toxic, like, you know, toxins and... Is it? They might have given them, like, you know, eat some coal or... Yeah, they give him a laxative, so they must have known what, lax- what what caused 
to you to evacuate. Mm. He, and he did manage to expel it after a powerful dose of laxatives. Even the showman, he immediately sat up and restarted his act. He wanted, he wanted to prove he'd recovered by being a model patient and eating his doctor's watch and chain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, pretty much, I'm just going to see what's in... Well, we watch. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That's what I do, man. What was the mysterious food? Do we not know? No, it doesn't say. Something... I mean, the thing is, I suppose he's eating that much. People are... Yeah, people are throwing him stuff to eat. Yeah. You can pinpoint that, could you? No, he's just... And he's not even looking half the time. He's just throwing it in his mouth. Fucking insane. His doctor dryly replied that if Therese dared to do so, he'd slice open Therese's stomach to retrieve the items himself. Oh, what a great doctor. 17th century France. <laughs> <laughs> did he make him knock it up, did he? I, I guess so. Shit out, wasn't it? It was yeah. laxatives. In so many ways, he was unlike most men of his age and social rank, but when the War of the First Coalition saw France attack the formidable Habsburg monarchy, he had concourse with his brethren. So like many other 20-somethings, Terrer decided to fight for his country and join the French army in 1792. There was just one problem. 18th century army rations aren't exactly buffet-level meals, are they? And Terrer's stomach could definitely tell the difference. The medical marvel tried to survive on the army's meal plan, but Terrer became incredibly weak and even had to be admitted to the army hospital. Even when his doctors, Dr Corville and Georges Didier, Gave him four men's worth of rations, it still wasn't close enough to satisfy him. Fuck. So, yeah, if you've had an entire army of these guys, you'd never feed them. They just end up eating each other. Or they'd be eating the trees, they'd just be stripping the land bare. (laughs) Since Terrell wasn't getting enough food out of his quadruple rations, he needed to get creative with what he considered edible. Ravished, he'd eat the scraps off his fellow soldiers' plates plough through garbage and even eat poultices which is what you stick on a wound oh. a what? a poultice it's like a, it could be made up of moss stuff like that it's, you stick it over the wound with a bandage kind of covers it over so he's going through the trash and finding them yep probably caked in gangrenous pus yeah. well hopefully before they were used but who knows <laughs> But yes, well, they could have been. In the garbage, they probably have been used, haven't they? Or he was just nicking out the doctor's tent. And, the, and those. Yeah. Maybe he was nicking yeah. out the doctor's tent. Maybe. Oh. We don't want to be eating used ones anyway. Well, I don't think he really cared. What would your oppo say? Dude, get out the, get out the trash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess that if you're a soldier in an 18th century army, you're probably hungry most of the time anyway. I mean, the rations were, you know, would have been meat and biscuits probably. And if you're in the British Army, a third of a pint of rum a day. It's alright, that is, isn't it? <laughs> Can you save it up for the week? I guess so. If you've got to go mind carrying it around, yeah. If you ain't going to get blinded off a third of a pint, it'd be nice, but... Yeah, save it up for three days, though. That's what I mean. Right. Save it for the weekend, then you'd have a good weekend, wouldn't you? You would. Yeah, the French used to accuse a British of fighting drunk. Huh. Doesn't matter when you can fire three rounds a minute in any weather. Yeah. Now, despite all his outrageous meals, Terrell weighed barely 100 pounds. Okay. So it's 50 half-pound burgers he could eat. Corville, Didier and their colleagues, the doctors, were well and truly baffled by the bizarre patient. And he could eat a seemingly limitless amount of anything. 
As the medical professionals investigated their star patient, their confusion transformed into excitement. But what if they didn't think of Terrera as a drain on resources, but a thrilling opportunity for some weird statecraft? Interesting. So this is where he goes into his secret agent mode. Mm. Uh, the French doctors began to investigate the limits of Terrera's theoretically endless appetite. First, they served him a meal that would normally feed 15 people, expecting that Terrer wouldn't get close to finishing. Instead, Terrer finished off all 15 plates, licked his lips, and immediately entered the 18th century's most intense food coma. <laughs> I mean, 50, 15 people's yeah. dinners, I mean, that's... It's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, when I was young, I used to get this one pub called The Bull in Roddington. I know that place. Yeah, and it used to do um, Quasimodo, it was called. Right. 32-ounce steak. Damn. Yeah. I used to polish off one of them with chips and pudding. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you sure you're not this guy? <laughs> no, but I was seriously full after that, though. I probably didn't eat for like a full 24 hours after. But that was 32-ounce steak. It's probably about a meal for what? Two? Maybe three. 16 ounce steak's a decent size, isn't it? Is it? It's sort of 12. If you cut it in half. Mm. When I was a teenager, I did a large Pizza Hut pizza, but now I, could, I couldn't even... I think I could just about do half. Mm. You know? It's sort of weird. My appetite's come well down there. Yeah. So it's obviously to do with your metabolism and how your, your cells are functioning over, over time, isn't it? But is it are on full speed? Oh, <laughs> Jesus! I'm surprised you never got some kind of beef poisoning after eating 32 <laughs> ounces of meat. Worms and that. Well, this, well, think how much meat this guy had just ate. 15 people's worth. Yeah. Bread, chips, Fucking salad. 100 ounce steak. 200. Well, really <laughs> fast yeah. as well, sort of like, you know, blah, blah, blah. You'd really. Yeah, I'd well, imagine so. Yeah, because otherwise he'd be there for hours, wouldn't he? He's, I think that. this guy is literally just throwing it down his neck with some rudimentary chewing. After the buffet test, the doctors decided to try some far more stranger and disturbing experiments on their hungry guinea pig. They gave him a dish that pet lovers are not going to like, a live cat. Yeah, a bit unethical, that, innit? Yeah. Perhaps hardened by his life on the grimy streets of France, he didn't blink. He ate the entire animal and then vomited up the fur and skin. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's terrible. I've just got this vision of him just like going, Rawr! and then like 30 seconds later, and just the fur and the skin coming out. I don't even I know. Don't know. I don't even want to think about I it. I don't even want to know if that would happen. I'm hoping it was, it was dead. I hope he killed no, it, it quickly. Live. I know, but I'm sure, sure maybe, you know, he just... I hope he just bit his head off or something it, straight. Yeah. Don't want to go into his in, into stomach and nah. just well, writhing around. You think that's bad? Wait till later on. What? Terrain's stomach was cartoonish in its varying sizes, and if he hadn't eaten enough, it would lie flat and mostly consist of blue skin. But after an enormous meal, it would expand, growing larger and larger, until it looked like a large balloon, according to Terrain's doctor. So after he's offended all of France's cat ladies, the doctors decided to even the playing field and tick off everyone else. They fed Terrain animals, including snakes, lizards, and even live puppies. He finished them all without second thought. But the doctors were determined to stump him, so they upped the stakes. Live puppies, he'd have had to just chuck it down, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think this guy is spiting. 
The medical team decided to go with the gross-out option and presented Terrell with a live eel. He picked it up, looked the doctors in the eye and slowed the animal down his throat until it was tucked away in his stomach. Ate it without chewing. Like a moray eel. See, he's just opening his throat. Oh, yeah. no, yeah. This is Apparently this is what he was like, doing. One of them sword uh, swallows, yeah. isn't it? Terrell's jaw seemed normal when it was closed. When he opened it up, people's eyes widened in fear and disgust. He resembled a snake unhinging its jaw to swallow its prey whole. It'd be great in gay porn, wouldn't he? Nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> he would have made a killing, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he would, yeah. But then again, would you, trust, would you trust him not to eat your penis? <laughs> well... I don't know. I'm I, wouldn't not. Be, I wouldn't be in gay porn, for starters. <laughs> Hypothetically. <laughs> in this scenario, your name is uh, like, Roger Banks. Well, I imagine that it's not just... <laughs> I imagine that it's not just one cock he's, he's taking in at a time, time, is it? Yeah, but there's, logistically, there's only so many people you can fit around him. <laughs> I reckon he could get a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I don't of the, know. Of the, of the girthiest man. <laughs> If I ever go back in time, I will put this to the test. Not me personally, I'll just get a load of gay men to do it. I'll go meet him. Apparently, Therese's <laughs> jaw and throat were so large he could dump multiple apples down his gullet without blinking. That's impressive. Yeah. But he doesn't even take the stalk off him. No, but he doesn't. A little bit, he's just like... Yeah, he's yeah. all down seeds, everything... Once the doctors realised that he could truly eat anything, they decided to turn their attention away from the cuddly animals and get back to the war of the First Coalition, which was raging against France. <laughs> the General Alexander de Barhonet realised that the French forces could use his strange talents for the good of the country and turn the army's bottomless pit into a top-secret messenger. And how they did this is pretty disgusting. Here's the plan. The doctors would feed Terrell a box with a crucial memo inside. Once the secret dossier was safely in his stomach, he would cross borders without enemy agents being any any the wiser. He'd get to the addressee and then use the bathroom, give and give them the note. Hopefully, after wiping off the envelope. It's interesting. Greeks, I'm sure it was the Greeks, did the same thing with a goat. They tattooed a message onto the goat. Obviously, the fur grew back and covered it, and they just sent the goat off with the, with the herder. Oh. So they cross the lines because no one's stopping the shepherd, and then they shave get, the goat. Shave the goat. Find the message out. Oh, crafty! Yeah. Uh, Terrell was thrilled to hear about his new mission, and he eagerly gobbled down top secret military documents in front of the army of the Rhine's commanders. Uh, as a reward for swallowing the box, General Bohanay gave Terrell a chilling thank you meal. It consisted of thirty pounds of bulls, lungs, and livers. <laughs> <laughs> and to make matters even more refined. They were served raw in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Here you go, buddy. Thank you very much. Our new top new top agent. Here you go. Have some lungs and livers. Thirty pounds worth. Freshly slaughtered this morning. Still steaming and bloody. And he ate the lot immediately. Sick fuck. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Yes. Yes. Yes, he is. And so, after enjoying his unique reward meal, Terrell promptly travelled to Prussia to deliver his crucial dossier to its rightful owner. And as the French army's newest secret agent, Terrell felt like he was on top of the world. But little did he know everything would derail in the most terrifying way possible. 
One of Therese's lesser known talents was his imitation of a chipmunk, by the way. His cheeks are incredibly stretchy, he could hold ten apples in them at a time. <laughs> ten apples in his mouth. So maybe you maybe you want to replace cocks with testicles, so how many testicles yeah. can he fit in his mouth? Well twenty. <laughs> Presumably, if any well, inside. Well if you've got apple sized testicles then about <laughs> <laughs> oh, the size of a gar apple. <laughs> <laughs> Not a granny smeared. If <laughs> you know that vaccine, you know that didn't swell your testicles yeah. like Nicki Minaj was saying. Yeah. <laughs> now, Dreher wasn't, may have been great at eating, but he was not really cut out for espionage. He was supposed to be going undercover as a German president, but he couldn't speak German. That's, that's the uh, level yeah. of state uh, spycraft we're at. And when the Prussians uh, noticed something was up with their new neighbour, they immediately tattled, leaving the authorities to imprison him. Speaking French, probably. Wasn't yeah, bonjour! And they're like, <laughs> Voss! <laughs> he'd stand out a bit, wouldn't he? Because he'd be like undercover going through the village, and he'd just be like picking stones up. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, puppy, oh, cat, oh. You know, come on, he stands out a bit, doesn't he? He's yeah. Led by uh, General Zogil, the Prussians were ruthless. They stripped Terrier and subjected him to brutal physical torment. The amateur spy tried, but he just couldn't withstand their assault, and he lasted 24 hours before he broke and told the Prussians everything about his secret mission. Furious and oddly compelled, they decided to see if Terrier was telling the truth, so they chained him to a toilet and waited patiently for the letter to appear. <laughs> Nature called and Terrier did his business. After the Prussian soldiers cleaned off the box and extracted the letter, oh, what a job. <laughs> oh. Yeah, can you just root through the old privy, please, and uh, sort... Not just any old privy, it's this guy... Yeah. What was it? He's fetid beyond conception. Yeah. (laughs) So you'd have to give it a little bit of time, wouldn't you? Let the air clear. No. They didn't have gas masks, did they? No, no. They extracted the letter, they were ready for a nice big payoff, especially considering the nasty path they'd taken to get those sweet, sweet military secrets... Unfortunately for them, that's not how things turned out, and when they read the note, their jaws dropped. Turns out the uh, French army was keeping some secrets of their own. The whole Prussia mission wasn't what it seemed. It was just an elaborate trial run to test his espionage abilities. The supposedly crucial documents he carried in his stomach were mere bits of scrap paper. What? So they were testing it out. Oh, if he if he succeeds this time, then we'll yeah. teach him. Then we'll teach him German. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how good he is first. When the Prussians read the letter and realised they'd been tricked, they were furious. They brutally beat Terrer. But little did he know, his punishment was just beginning. Spies usually end up getting executed. Oh, they yeah. always have. It's always been. It's like, a, oh, that's not very fair. Yeah. It's not cricket. It's not cricket. And they saved their most vicious punishment for last, execution. They mocked Terrer as they took him to the gallows, slowly lowering the noose over his trembling neck. I'm surprised he didn't fucking eat it. I wouldn't wouldn't be putting my hands anywhere near this guy's face. You know, just in case my fucking hands gone at the wrist. As Terrer sobbed, he accepted his fate, only for everything to change. At the last minute, General Zugil took pity on Terrer and decided against the executions. It's just like mock execution just to fuck with him because I suppose there's a little bit of sympathy there in a way. Mm. Yeah. It's like, you know, they did kind of set you up. We're just going to send you back as a message to the French army. I'll be like, yeah. don't fuck with us kind of thing. 
So he um, sent his prisoner back to the French border, trusting that he'd tell his army not to mess with Prussia. Don't mess with Prussia. Mm-hmm. As if that story isn't terrifying enough, another source insists that Therese's torment was even more disturbing. Apparently the entire execution was for show. The Prussian forces never had wanted to kill Therese, instead they wanted to traumatise him so thoroughly that the French would quake in their boots. Do a lot of surrendering the French, but at this point they weren't too bad. Yeah. They've got an ill-deserved reputation for surrendering, the French have, because at one point... You, they call, were th- you always call them surrender monkeys? Yeah, no. <laughs> Cheese-eating surrender monkeys? Yeah, because they are. But they've actually got one of the best war-winning percentages. Yeah. And in the 16th and 17th centuries, I think they were probably the, Europe's dominant military power before that. 14th century, go back. Europe's dominant military power. Obviously, the revolution had probably taken a little bit of that away because you just executed any officer who was aristocratic and might have been good at what he was doing. Yeah. Yeah. So someone like Napoleon got to be in charge. It's mad, isn't it? Mm. They go from fucking corrupt kings and queens and... End up with an emperor. (laughs) Well, he did appoint himself emperor. First consul was his title for ages. He was the first. There was three consuls. He was the first. Mm. Now, obviously, he had the say. The other two were just there to make it uh, look as though look as though there was a bit of a democracy going on. Mm. So Therese's first mission couldn't have gone worse. He was deeply scarred by the entire process, especially the vicious assault and fake hang. You can imagine that's a bit of a psychological uh, yeah thing for you, isn't it? Yeah. Bit of PTSD. Yeah, absolutely. They do that in um, Peaky Blinders, don't they? Yeah. They're just about to hang him and he gets called yeah. off. Uh, once he got back to France, he told doctors that he'd submit to any experiment, any trial, any idea to cure his endless eating. No matter what it took, Therese was determined not to be a freak anymore. Bless. The doctors tried numerous medications to stop Therese's insatiable appetite. A fellow called Dr Percy gave him uh, wine vinegar treatments, tobacco pills and even laudanum, which is like opium. Mm-hmm. Uh, then on a strange whim, they tried feeding Terrera a diet that was just soft-boiled eggs. So imagine the fucking stench of that after he's oh, in the toilet. Oh, my God. How many soft-boiled eggs does it take to fill this guy up? Probably a thousand a day. Yeah. It's like, all oh, the chicken. You just give him the chicken. Just here you go. You just eat the chicken. Just chicken. I'm done with it. None of it worked. As the days turned into weeks, it became clear that Terrera was never going to change. Every night, he would sneak out of the facility and scavenge garbage piles and discarded meats outside of butcher shops. He'd even go into alleyways and fight stray dogs for scraps. <laughs> I guess if the dogs let, uh, lost, don't they? I'll make it quite even for you. Come on. <laughs> Come on, I'll fucking have you. But he ate the dogs too. Yeah. <laughs> and if those meal options sound dark, it's nothing compared to Therese's later eating habits. He was insatiable and he wasn't getting enough food from the medical facility and even his nightly feasts didn't satisfy him. So he turned to a truly chilling option. Whenever fellow patients were having blood taken, he'd rush over to slurp it up from their pulsing veins. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Just fucking that's fucked up. Yeah. Yes, it is. Even low-key vampirism wasn't wasn't enough for Terrell. He needed more and so he took it to the next level. The medical marvel began to sneak into the medical facility's morgue and devour dead bodies. Oh, how hasn't he got um, food poisoning? 
I don't think it matters to this guy. In this day and age, you know, yeah. I think things, they're going to be quite scabby, aren't they? Imagine all the skin diseases on those on those dead oh. people. I mean, some of them might be like plague victims or some cholera, typhoid. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that where, that's where that saying comes from. I could eat the scabby horse. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. The country comes from this guy. Yeah. But cannibalism now. We're on to cannibalism. He's just like, oh, fuck it. Yeah. They're not going to need that body. I just have a leg. I need the body. I need it more than them. It's got to be a psychological thing as well. A bit of it, surely. It can't all be driven by just always hunger. I don't know. I think it's a combination of the two. I think he ate so much because he could and he was never truly full mm-hmm. but also it was a psychological thing. Let's put it this way. Mildly, he's got an eating disorder. Yeah. To put it mildly. Oh, no shit. But going to cannibalism, that's a lot. He's got to have had, you know, his stomach acid has got to have been something, you know, something special, hasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. He's got a cast iron stomach. Yeah. And his behaviour was getting more sinister by the day. The hospital staff tried to convince his physician, Dr Percy, to consider placing Therese in an insane asylum. The doctor refused, insisting that Therese was unwell in body, not in mind. And while Percy didn't know it at the time, he would come to regret that refusal. Oh, yeah, phone him there, though. That would have been hell for him. It's hell for everybody else in the hospital. He's lapping the blood from your veins. (laughs) (laughs) You know, nurse. Yeah. yeah, all the gauzes have gone missing again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You have your foot off, right? You go into the hospital, have your leg taken off, next thing you know, he's sat there fucking eating it. Yeah. Yeah, but imagine him restrained in a padded room and he's, he, he just sort of... He'd go mad. Yeah, he would, completely. Well, they, they did, didn't they? If they weren't mad before they went in, yeah. they were definitely mad after. I was going to say, he's eating corpses as well. Yeah. He, he's, he's, you know... Yeah. It Why gets worse. <laughs> yeah, if you're eating the dead, yeah, I think you need to be going in that insane asylum. You're eating the dead, you've gone too far. That's my. <laughs> well, I, I that's thought my it, you know, was wrestling the dogs for scraps was a, you know, a low, a low mm. moment. I think eating cats and dogs is a low moment. <laughs> yeah. Up until this point, he had managed to rein in his appetite to animals, inanimate objects, and dead bodies. It wasn't the best option, but at least he wasn't hurting people. However, as time passed, Therese began to crave even more. In 1794, the worst possible thing happened. A 14-month-old baby disappeared from the hospital where Therese was being treated. Oh, shit. And when it came to identify the suspects, (laughs) all eyes turned to Therese. Baby, you're getting my stomach. (laughs) He'd have probably just swallowed it whole. Yeah. If Therese had heard an innocent baby, he was officially beyond hope. And even Dr. Percy, the man who had stood by Therese for so many years, was speechless. A furious crowd chased him out of town until they finally lost track of the supposed child killer. And after that, no one heard from Therese for four years. He just went off the scene. They just chased, that's all they did, chase him out of town? Well, I imagine he was chased out of town with the threat of you're going to be killed by us if we catch you kind of thing. Well, where's he gone? He's probably hiding in the woods outside of town. Ah, you know what? He's, he's gone. We've lost him. We've probably just strung him up. Yeah. I was surprised they didn't, you know. Jesus. 
It's worth pointing out that Dr. Percy once said that dogs and cats would flee from Terrain almost like they knew what kind of fate he was oh, preparing for them. Fucking hell. <laughs> Smell of death on him. Back to briefly to the fiasco with the espionage poop letters. Yeah. It's not over yet. One source claims that the Prussians never managed to read the dummy memo for an utterly disgusting reason. Before the enemy forces could extract the box from Terrain's waist, Terrain beat them to the punch. He consumed his own feces so the box could hide in his stomach oh once again. God. It's not only considerable com- commitment to your cause, mm. should have promoted him. <laughs> you ate your own shit to protect the French <laughs> army secrets. Give that man a promotion. Yeah, but he'd already spilled the beans. He told them everything he knew already. Yeah. Yeah. They beat him, hadn't they, and tor- tortured him. I just don't want to be the dude who's got to root through it. Mm-hmm. No one knows what Terrell did during his four long years of exile, but we do know that he did not want to be part of a regular of regular society, which, thank God... As I say, yeah. He only resurfaced because of a heartbreaking reason. He was incredibly ill with tuberculosis and only ventured into the town of Versailles to see a doctor and pray that he'd receive help. I think TB at this point is... Uh, death sentence. Probably a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Terrain managed to cling for life, to cling to life for a month after he arrived at the hospital, during which time his old physician, Dr. Percy, came to visit him. Where's the kid, Terrain? <laughs> what did you do with the kid, Terrain? I can see it now. Sadly, he wasn't long for this world, and after being ravaged by a brutal bout of diarrhoea, oh. Terrain passed away at just 26 years old. Cool. But his strange story doesn't end with his death. Did he shit himself to death then? Yeah. Dehydrated, isn't it? Percy knew he had to conduct an autopsy on Terrain and try to understand what factors had contributed to his horrifying appetite. The medical team had no idea what to expect, but nothing could have prepared them for what they found. When they sliced Terrain open, they saw his corpse was full of pus. Oh, Oh. God. And that's not all. That's not all? That's not all. They learned that his throat was bizarrely enormous, helping to explain how he could lower an entire eel down his gullet. They also saw that if they opened his jaws and looked down, they could actually see straight into the man's stomach. Not only that, but his liver, gallbladder and stomach were all far larger than usual and his entrails were putrefied and his stomach ridden with painful ulcers. This guy must have been in fucking agony constantly. Maybe eating was the only thing that stopped the pain. Maybe. Maybe eating all them strange things are the things, you know, caused the pain and caused the ulcerations. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Now, Percy and his team of doctors probably could have learned about Therese's wacky body a bit more, but unfortunately for them, Therese wasn't one to uh, let death get in the way of a lifelong hobby, which was stinking. The smell of his diseased innards was so unbearable that even after a short time... Dr. Percy gave up on the autopsy. Oh, God. What'd you feed the man who can eat anything? Apparently, Therese's uh, favourite food was snakes. I suppose because you just lower them down, can yeah. you? Yeah. Modern scientists and historians don't think Therese was a freak as such, just a very, very sick man. They hypothesised that he had to eat such extraordinary amounts because he suffered from an extreme form of hyperthyroidism. Their theory does make sense. It would explain Therese's sensitivity to heat and his strangely soft hair. Say what you were about the man, but he had soft hair. Soft, beautiful, majestic hair. 
Both of those are symptoms of hyperthyroid issues. So how would you know if I had a hyperactive thyroid? Because I haven't got any hair. Uh, trying to catch you, trying to eat Chester. And I'd realise... <laughs> so what was the cause of his hunger? Probably the hyperthyroidism. We know, basically. We don't know for sure. But when you think that contemporary medical procedures at the time included drinking raw mercury to clear out head demons... Should it come as a surprise that he received no suitable diagnosis or treatment in his own lifetime? I don't think the medical science was there to give him treatment or to diagnose him. This just wasn't there. No. Now, granted, there is a possibility that Dr. Percy's personal documentation in the years following Therese's death were exaggerated or falsified, but they were considered credible enough at the time of their publication to be featured in reputable medical texts, such as the study of medicine, popular physiology, and the London Medical and Physical Journal. Plus, Dr. Percy is considered the father of military surgeons and was chief surgeon to the French Army, a university professor, inventor of important battlefield medical implements. And he's considered a pretty highly reputable guy. So given that we accept the above tale as an accurate representation, what does uh, this guy they've got now, because Dr. Moore has been looking at it, so what's he have to say about it? He says, it can be broken down by category. He didn't suffer from psychosis, so he was completely aware and cognitive, but that doesn't rule out hyperactivity of hormones and dysfunction of components of the brain. His sensor that would let him know he was full was damaged. If he underwent a brain study, he would probably be identified as having an enlarged hypothalamus. So like a Labrador. Yeah. So obviously the hypothalamus regulates the body's temperature and is responsible for causing the sensation of hunger. Given that Therese was constantly overheated and in dire search of food, it is a, a perfect fit, in all fairness. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Moore also suspects a possible uh, case of pica, which causes the ed- eating of non-edible objects. Never yeah. heard of that one, but... Oh, yeah, people like eat sponges, all sorts, pieces of coal. Yeah, I did see this one like reality TV show. Mm-hmm. It was people eating household objects. Yeah. The foam in like the sofa, they would yeah. be eating that. They, could, they got addicted to it, they, they couldn't stop. Keep picking at it. Yeah. It's got to be carcinogenic. It must be, it can't be doing any good, can it? No. Wouldn't that just block up their intestines? No, she probably sweeps you through, to be fair, you know, sponge. Yeah. Yeah. As for why Therese never weighed more than 100 pounds, Dr Moore adroitly theorises, based on on Therese habitually eating raw meat, that he most likely had a parasite as well. Yeah, potentially, isn't he? Um, The fact that he was of normal size means something else is being nourished. And the fact that he was constantly hungry leans towards him feeding a secondary organism, a parasite like hookworm or a roundworm, perhaps, or maybe several. I'm going to say, like a fucking colony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Or a tapeworm. Yeah. They're quite big as well. Ooh. And there's Prada Willy syndrome, which is a condition which causes constant hunger, even for non edible items. An extreme iron deficiency, which causes cravings for the same. A damaged uh, amygdala, which is also a possibility, and it can cause polyphagia, which is the medical term for extreme overeating. Interesting. Mm. Given that all this occurred within the French Revolution, which was built on a foundation of famine, yeah. a shared nutritional deficiency may be at fault. Oh. 
Could be all of that, any of it, a combination of things. Yeah, that's why you ended up with the cannibal that's cannibalistic tendencies, I guess. Yeah, I think it was a mixture of like a damaged hypothalamus, something in the brain, probably them parasites, probably a little bit of mental illness as well. It's got to be mental illness. He's sitting there getting treated at the hospital and he's just like, oh. I could just eat a corpse. Yeah, I was going to get a nice cadaver. <laughs> you got any corpses you don't need, Doctor? Mm. Finish the autopsies. Just, just imagine it in your head, him like sneaking through the yeah. hospital. He's premeditating this shit. You yeah. know, he's walking towards the morgue. What is going through his head? Yeah. Well, he's sneaking out to go and fight dogs for scraps of fucking uh. meat. Yeah. Should have stuck to the freak show. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he? When he went to the army, it all went tits up. I think we could probably throw in some PTSD on that as well. Yeah. Yeah, you're tortured and shit. Yeah, being a mock execution is, is not something that's going to sort of go away in your head, is it? You're going to relive that a few times. <laughs> oh, just a bit. So, you know, I think, I think you throw in the fact that he probably never had enough to eat as a child. Well, it always felt like that, yeah. Because of the, the fact that people were starving anyway. It was, it was a time of famine, wasn't it? Yeah. So he never had enough, which may give you some kind of psychological thing where, well, I'm just going to eat as much as I can when I get it because I don't know when I'm next going to eat again. Mm-hmm. Plus the hypothalamus, plus the parasites because he's eating raw meat all the bloody time. Because he's he that was, hungry, he yeah. can't even wait to cook it. And he was rejected by his parents. Yeah. They chucked him out at 17. Yeah. Yeah. He never even found happiness in the army where he thought he was. He could have picked up the parasite any time, couldn't he, really? Yeah. The fact that he was always quite slim and, you know, relatively... The fact that he never gained any weight yeah. suggests that he's feeding something else, doesn't it? Well, and he got it quite early in his life because he he's never really been fat, fat. Yeah. You know, he might have got a parasite early in his life. And then he might have had that. Just some people do have an all naturally elasticated skin. Mm-hmm. You have stretchy skin. And then he shit himself to death. And then he shit himself to death. <laughs> wow. Bit of a sad tale, really, isn't it? <laughs> Was he 26 or 26? 26. 26 and shitting yourself to death. Poor man. Yeah. Should have stuck to the freak shows. Yeah. Yeah, that is the man who couldn't stop eating to rare. Still killed a kid though, didn't he? Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Coincidence. <laughs> Coincidence? Hmm. Yeah. There's a baby missing off the ward. You would suspect the man. Yeah, let's, eats everything. Let's suspect the man who's lapping the blood coming out of people's veins as they're having blood fucking bled. Let's just, he's, he's just, he might as well just have his head in the bucket underneath, lapping it up. Let's suspect, let's suspect the man who's been eating the dead bodies when the baby goes missing. I think... No, I'm no prime suspect. No, seventeenth-century CSI standards probably weren't up to much. Yeah. But I'm guessing that he's probably the likely target, without yeah. the likely suspect. And if Doctor Percy just stuck him in that mental asylum, there wouldn't have been a problem. Well, he'd have better have house known, wouldn't he? Well, that's someone else's problem, then. Isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he was born at a time where. Medical science wasn't up to treating him. I don't even know uh, what would they do now. I suppose they they that's what they know if they had a parasite, wouldn't they? Yeah, they could sort that out. Then you just got like his rotting innards, though. That's weird. They might be able to do something to turn off the hypothalamus, or no, they can control that with meds nowadays, probably. Yeah. 
know. Probably wouldn't get to the point where he's eating babies. No, no. They'd probably go along with the peaker a bit. Yeah, it doesn't have the doctors feeding him live puppies and cats. No. 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 Well, they hadn't... Up until that point, he hadn't eaten anything too bad, had he? No, he'd just been eating inanimate objects. Yeah. So he could have, over time... Just the doctor radicalised him, really. Yeah, <laughs> stretching his stomach, because you, you can train it and stretch your stomach, can't you? Yeah. Bigger and bigger, so you, your appetite becomes more and more. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? So he's stretched his stomach out. And he already had an enlarged stomach, enlarged liver, mm-hmm. gallbladder. But were they enlarged because... I imagine they're probably enlarged because of a... Because of his eating. Gen- or no, a genetic defect, I'd say. Yeah, they're enlarged and they're, they're working overtime and almost, you know, stripping his body and everything that he eats quite quickly. And his metabolism. Yeah. Swiping. Possibly. Mm. Anyway, that is the, um, the strange case of the man who could not stop eating. But he wouldn't have made it out of the hospital if, if I was uh, the mother of the baby that could have been disappeared. I'd, you know, you would, wouldn't you? He'd have ate you. would have ate me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's mental. It is mental. Yeah. Have we any fucked up facts till we end yeah. the show? We can have some fucked up facts if you want. Alright. Let's end the show on some fucked up facts. Team June, please. Facts, facts, fucked up facts, facts, facts. 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 I knew you were going to do it. (laughs) I was waiting for it. Mm. When national football teams do well in international competitions, birth rates drop nine months later. Oh, yeah, I guess so. But then again, you would have thought it would be there, right? I think you'd pick up, wouldn't it? Because you'd be like, oh, we got to the finals, you're getting laid tonight, love. They'd drop. Mm-hmm. Probably too pissed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too pissed or too preoccupied. Yeah. yeah. And if you go out as well, I mean, there's no way on earth I'd have had sex after we lost that final. I was yeah. too. I was too gutted. I was too deflated. Yeah. I was deflated for a couple of days after that. I would... Yeah, I went till I used my own tears as a lubricant. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, so he <you> died. <laughs> the first Polish language dictionary, published 1746. Included such definitions as horse. Everyone knows what a horse is. Yeah. <laughs> Say what you will about the Polish, they're very straightforward people. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like it. Why sugarcoat things? Yeah. It's a horse. You know what a horse is, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it's got four legs, it goes nay. There you go. Boom, next. Mm-hmm. Can anyone think what the sign language equivalent of on the tip of the tongue is. You hold your tongue out and point at the tip? No. The saying's a bit different. You don't say on the tip of the tongue. On the tip of your finger? Yeah. Oh, it's on the tip of my finger. Oh. Seems like it's rubbing it in for people, to be honest. Mm. African matabele ants carry injured colleagues back to their nest after battle to tend their wounds. Oh, man, leave no ant behind. Yeah. That's good. And they even have a triage system. No way. Dying ants aren't treated, but those missing a leg or two are. Apart from humans, they're the only organisms known to do this. Ace. No way. That is badass. And then you've got all these ants, and then they're like, get him, get him to the medic, medic. And he's, a little ant comes along, he's got a little red armband on, a yeah. cross on his, on his leg, he scores you off. Oh, that's ace. How cute. Psychopaths tend not to procrastinate. 
I'm definitely not a psychopath. Sociopath, maybe. Psychopath, definitely not. I, I procrastinate all the time. Yeah. Me too. Me too. That's why I was late. I'm procrastinating life. <laughs> <laughs> if you die before me, Mike, I'm not going to refer... Mike had a wonderful procrastination. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bats give birth upside down and catch their babies in the wings. you got to be a fucking on the ball with that, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> cool, though, but still. Inconvenient. Yeah. According to a 2000 poll, the Japanese believe their greatest invention of the 20th century was what? I'm struggling to think of the stuff the Japanese have invented. Special toilets. Yeah, the musical toilet. No, but kind of close. It's a food. Like, Sushi? Well, a toilet. Food comes out the other end, doesn't it? Into the toilet. Sushi? No. Nope. Egg fried rice? Close, but no. No. The instant noodle. Ah! You know what? That's not bad. Pretty good. Yeah. It's not up there again, a man on the moon, but it's it's, 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 there. The staple diet of night shift workers everywhere. Yeah. The average person swears 80 to 90 times a day. No, they fucking don't. (laughs) (laughs) Double it. (laughs) Yeah, depends what kind of day it is, really. I mean, if I'm at work, probably double it. Weekend, probably not. There's a danger. I always worry about overusing swear words. They lose their importance. Mm-hmm. No, they cunting don't. <laughs> you see, there's the example. That was like the word not to use, wasn't it? Yeah. And still, a lot of people don't like it. Just a word, isn't it? Yeah. I always say, I always say it's Latin. It's Latin for slit. <laughs> You're part of my Latin. What a cunt. <laughs> Latin. <laughs> Classically educated, mate. <laughs> Actually, I think it's German now. I think that might be, a, might be an incorrect fact. I think the word is German. Like most of our swear words. What do they say fuck as well? Is it thick? Thick. Thicken. Pimp maker. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Slubber doffer. Yeah. And saga maker. Oh, saga maker's bottom knocker <laughs> were all once occupations. So pimp maker, slubber doffer, and saga maker's bottom knocker. What are they doing? Collecting firewood, replacing loom bobbins, and pottery. Why? Fair enough. So pimp maker was collecting firewood. (laughs) Right. Slubber doffer replacing loom bobbins. I don't know what a loom bobbin is. Maybe something to do with um, weaving material or the little thing on the top that you spin the. Isn't a bobbin the? uh, Not a loom is what a lot of bobbin is. The bobbin is the little thing on the top of the loom, twine or whatever it is you're spinning goes around before it goes on the loom. Yeah. Just wrapped around that, and then it goes onto the the spins. And a saga maker's bottom knocker is something to be pottery. Just call him a potter. Saga maker, bottom knocker. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, he goes along, goes through all the pots are done, and he goes, clunk, clunk, pots the bottom off. Like, yeah, that one's good. Puts the next, uh, next one. Might be. He used to have a knocker-upper, didn't they? Knocker-upper, yeah. Before um, alarm clocks. Yeah. It's, it's a higher, a, normally a woman, sometimes a man, I imagine, but mostly women. Pea shooters and shoot peas at people's windows to wake up for work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Christ, who, who gets her up? <laughs> I think she had someone to get her up, actually. But who got them up? Well, they were stayed up through the night. Yeah. And they got her up, I think. 
Well, I think there was a getter like up and getter up. And... They come back at dawn. Yeah. Wake mum up at dawn and then mum goes out and so if wakes up all the posh folk that have got to go to work. I bet she wasn't a very popular person. Oh god, no. Five more minutes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I suppose then she could go out to bed though. All her job's done, it's like six in the morning. Oh, work for an hour, there we go. I wonder when she collects her pay in the afternoon, in the evening, when they get back. Throw a shilling down for her, I don't know. I suppose you've got to uh, stick your head at the window to confirm you're awake, haven't you? Yeah, or she won't go away. Yeah. <laughs> the Australian state of Victoria mm -hmm. has two different mountains called Mount Buggery. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me with Australia. Yeah. Another Australian one. In Australian cities, escaped parrots sometimes teach wild flocks to chat and swear in English. Can believe it. Can fully believe it. There's a case, there's a story about that recently, actually, where a wild parrot started swearing. And, they were like, and then they realised that a, a tame parrot had got out and had been taught to swear by its owner. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. My favourite thing in Australia this week is where President Biden forgot the Australian Prime Minister's name and referred to him as that guy from Australia. Mm. <laughs> oh, embarrassing. Just a bit. We'll finish on this little ditty. Lobsters communicate by peeing on each other's heads. I tried that once, but I was just arrested. <laughs> no way. Well, so presumably go away is, is, <laughs> is usually what they're saying, I guess. Well, there you go. <laughs> you want to communicate with the lobster, pee on its head? Yep. I wouldn't personally whip it out in front of a lobster, though, because them claws... <laughs> They've got claws, they got claws yeah. man, you don't want that. You just wave them claws or wave their tails or do a dance, you, you know, yeah. think. But no, just pee on each other's heads. Now I want to see a chorus line of lobsters dancing, <laughs> like waving their claws about to a tune. <laughs> oh, that'd be cute. All oh, right, so... That's the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening. Please uh, follow us on Facebook. Check us out on YouTube. Um, on Facebook, we're Cutting Through the Bull in the PTA. YouTube, Apocalypse Bull. We're available anywhere you can get a podcast. Uh, SoundCloud, Audacity, um, oh God, Spotify, Pocket Cast. Anywhere you can get a podcast, we are pretty much there. Lurking in the shadows. <laughs> All right, so thank you very much for listening. I've been Ben. Don't drink the flavour raid and don't join a call. I've been Mike, thanks for listening. Peace out, may the force be with you. And I've been Claire, keep an open mind, but not so open that it spills out your ears, guys. Don't eat babies. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>